Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture. With me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello and welcome back to the Level Up English podcast. Michael here, and thank you for joining me, whether this is your first time or you are joining me again after many, many weeks of episodes. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. We have a really useful episode today. I really hope it's going to be useful because we'll be talking about spelling. I have had this question a few times recently and it occurred to me that despite doing this podcast for many years, I have never covered the topic of spelling in English, even though it's such a difficult one. So I've got some really good, well, I'm biased, but I think I've got some really good ideas on this topic today. Before I get to that, I want to give a little bit of a life update. Well, a life update with me, a work update, things that I'm working on and doing at the moment. So one exciting thing for me, and hopefully you as well, is I am working on getting a new kind of studio. I'm actually going to have a studio for once rather than always moving around. So I know most of you are listening to the audio version. That is where I put most of my focus for this podcast. But I do also have a video version on YouTube, which you can find very simply at Level Up English Podcast on YouTube. I put a little bit less work into that, honestly. It's not as popular, I would say, as the audio one. But it's nice to see the growth on that channel and more and more people watching my face for some reason. So thank you for subscribing. If you do, that means a lot to me. But why was I saying that? Yeah, so if you do watch the video version, you will know that I move around a lot. My background is always changing. I do lots of travel. I'm going from house to house, right? And it's not so great for podcasting. So I'm really excited to be soon, hopefully in the new year, have my own little studio. I'm going to get a new microphone that's going to sound much better than this one, hopefully, and have a nice background as well. Really cannot wait for that. That's going to be amazing. So yeah, as I said, that should be hopefully December, January, I can start getting that sorted. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. But hopefully that will be good for you guys because it will be reflected in the audio quality as well. And you will have a nice increase in quality. Let's hope so. The other thing that I want to update you guys on to mention is at the time of recording, which is now November, I have been doing so many updates to Level Up English. Now that I'm back in the UK, I'm ready to focus more on the content. I've been doing a huge update on the website. And a lot of this involves updating old courses. Because actually, if you look at the old courses where we look at phrasal verbs and English expressions, these are all part of the membership you get included. But they're very old videos where I was a little bit, well, let, let's face it, I was much more awkward on camera and I had a lot more hair as well. I look very different too. So some of you will be sad, but some of you might be happy to see I'm updating these old videos with modern day Michael with a little bit 
better audio quality as well. I'm also moving things around. So I used to have many different courses, all for different things, expressions, phrasal verbs, idioms, all these things. But now I'm combining them into bigger courses. So I've got one course on vocabulary, one course on grammar, one course on pronunciation. So see, I'm making them into these big, big courses that are more specific to each skill. So I'm really looking forward to this change. It's taking some time. There's a lot of work involved. But for those of you who are members, really hope you find that useful. If you're interested in checking out what is going on over here, becoming a member, joining our group lessons, getting these podcast transcripts, then as I say every episode, you can go to levelupenglish.school. There's a members button at the top of the page you can click to go to the members part of the website. Uh, Or there's a link in your podcast description. I really hope to see you there. So that's really my news. There's a bit of update news and life news. That's the main thing going on with me right now. But I will keep you updated on the progress of those things. Okay, without any more delay, let's get into the main topic, which is spelling. So this actually came from an email I received. Someone asked about how to improve their spelling. And I sent back a few paragraphs with my ideas. And this episode is going to be an expanded version of the paragraphs that I sent this person. Uh, Because I feel like I had some good tips that I could share. And hopefully some of you will benefit from these. But the first thing I said to the person who emailed me was to reassure them that they're not alone. In fact, native speakers find spelling difficult too. And I'm going to talk more in the private episode this week on Friday about why English spelling is so difficult. We're going to look a bit about the history and some other things like that. I think it will be interesting. But basically, English spelling is not simple. It is not consistent. You know, it changes. Sometimes GH can make an F sound, but sometimes, you know, F can make it, I don't know, different things make the same sound, basically. So it's very confusing. I remember being in primary school when I was younger. Myself and all my other classmates would really struggle with spelling. And it's very, very normal for young children not to know how to spell properly. And a big issue, of course, these days is autocorrection. On pretty much all phones and computers and devices, things are autocorrected. When you make a small spelling mistake, it's automatically corrected to the right word. And it doesn't even give you a chance sometimes even to notice that you inputted the wrong word. So that is a good thing, but it's also a bad thing because it's not good for learning the spellings yourself. Of course, for those of us who do more handwriting, spelling will be more important. But personally, I don't write anything. I don't even have any paper. And spelling is just not really much of an issue for me because, again, autocorrect comes to my rescue. So yeah, for some of you, spelling may not be a priority and that's totally fine. If you think you only use phones or maybe you never even write English, it's really not a big deal, so don't worry too much. If you do more handwriting or you just want to improve your knowledge of English spelling, you just think it would be a good thing to learn, then you can follow my advice here. 
but don't worry too much. So my first tip is obviously turn off autocorrect. I'm sure there are settings on most devices where you can turn this off and you can see all of your mistakes in their true form and how embarrassing they might be. And this may be harder on smaller devices like phones because it's quite hard sometimes to tap the right buttons with your big fingers, but especially on things like computers, it might be a good idea to turn it off. And then you can really see the mistakes you're making again and again, and actually input yourself rather than auto-correcting it, you can find out the correct spelling, maybe in a dictionary, and then rewrite the word as it should be. So you're learning from your mistakes and you're improving gradually. That's really the best way to do it. Another thing you can do is make mnemonics. I've mentioned this mnemonic before, which itself has very confusing spelling because it's M-N-E, M-N-E, mnemonics it sounds like, but it's mnemonics, I believe. But these are when you can make kind of stories to help you remember words. So one example I remember from school is the word because, because. Lots of kids struggle with this word because it sounds different to how it's spelled. Most people would write it, or most children would write this something like B-E-C-O-Z, or even B-E-K-O-Z, because. It's very different to how it's spelled. So we would be told this story that was something like big elephants can't always use small exits. So if you look at the first letter of every word in that sentence, it spells the word because. Big elephants can't always use small exits. So you're giving the story to the word. And this is especially useful for young children when they're writing slowly and they go, big elephants can't always... Okay. And they get the spelling that way. A little bit harder when you're writing quickly, of course. And there are more advanced ones, of course, like another confusing one is the word believe, because we have L-I-E in the middle, which is a bit strange, believe. So there's a sentence which is never believe a lie. And this sentence helps you remember, believe contains the word lie, L-I-E, in the middle. But whatever word you struggle with, just maybe Google some mnemonics for that word. And it might give you some ideas as to how you can make a story to help you remember. My preferred way, especially for adult learners, is to turn it into a rhythm. Kind of make a little song out of the word. So I have done this ever since I was a child with some words and it still helps to this day. And it's the reason the alphabet is so easy to remember. Of course, trying to remember 26 separate things is quite difficult if we said it just A, B, C, D, E. If we said it in a monotone way, it would be very difficult to teach that to children. The reason it's so easy is because we have this rhythm. We say A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and then we pause, and then we do the next bit, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, and then you pause again. So there's actually a song, there's a rhythm in the alphabet, and that's why we can remember it. And for children who forget the alphabet, they can just sing the song and they remember what letters come next. And I do the same with words now. Let's look at the word because again. I still have to kind of sing the song in my head whenever I write this word. So I just say B-E-C-A-U-S-E. 
right? So it's very, very simple. There's a small rhythm to it. Like the way that we talk about phone numbers, at least in England, we use it in this rhythm. We split it up into groups, into chunks, right? And speaking of chunks, that is another thing you could do with a difficult word. Very often in my head, I will say the word in my head differently to how I say it out loud. So when I'm writing the word island, in my head, I'm saying Island, Island, because that's how it looks. So I'm writing Island, but then I'm saying island. So if you have that kind of way of saying it in your head, that can help as well. Another example, difficult word, is the word epitome. Epitome. When I write this word, to try to help me remember the spelling, in my head I'm saying epitome. Epitome. Right? Because that's how it looks. And yeah, breaking into chunks can help as well. So one of the words I always struggle with is the word embarrassed because we have a double R and a double S. And I always forget, is it one R, one S? Are they both double or is it double B, double M? I never remember. I'm getting better. But one thing you can do is break it down. So you have M, bar, ras, said. M bar ras said. So you can have that those chunks in your mind when you're writing it. M bar ras said. But of course, when you say it, you say embarrassed. Hope that makes sense. Let's see if that works for you. One more really interesting thing that I thought about when I was replying to this email was how very often you don't know the spelling for words in your brain anyway. So we have this thing called muscle memory. Muscle memory. And this is when your body remembers how to do something that your brain cannot recall. So what I mean by this is if you ask me right now, spell the word chronological, it will take me quite a while to think about it like C-H-R. It's quite slow. But if you ask me to write the word chronological, I can do it quite quickly, pretty quick, right? Very often we actually have the spelling inside somewhere it's just not in the part of the brain that we can recall very easily. And you'll notice this when you type on the computer. If you have typed a word many, many times before, it's so much easier to type. And if it's a brand new word, even if the spelling is quite simple, it's very slow to type it because your fingers haven't practiced that before. You haven't got that muscle memory of that word yet. So I don't really know what this means. This could mean when you want to know the spelling, you could imagine typing the word, or maybe you can type the word if you're not sure how to spell something, but you happen to be by a computer, just type it out. And you might surprise yourself that your fingers actually know how to spell before your brain does. It's a really weird feeling, but I think, I think you'll know what I mean if you try it. For my next tip, you might be surprised that I haven't mentioned this one until now but I'll explain why. This one is learn some rules. So believe it or not, we do have rules for some spelling in English, but there are also many exceptions. So I'll give you one example. We have the adjective friendly. Friendly. You're a friendly person. It ends in the letter Y. However, when you put 
it into a noun and you say friendliness or friendlier, the Y changes to an I, right? Friendliness. So that's one rule for most adjectives that end in a Y. If you add ness or you t- turn it into a superlative, something like that, it usually changes to an I because we don't often have Ys in the middle of words like that. So that's one rule that usually works, and that's going to help you for many other words as well. But of course, there are many, many exceptions to most spelling rules. For example, one that we learn in school, I don't know if they teach it anymore, but this is I before E except after C. So one example of this is the word sieve. A sieve is like a colander. It's like a thing you use in the kitchen to make powder very fine doesn't really matter anyway. But the spelling is S-I-E-V-E. So people get confused. Should it be S-E-I or S-I-E? The rule here is you always put I before E unless it comes after a C. If it comes after a C, it's different. It's C-E-I. However, there are so many exceptions to this rule. It's really not worth learning. There's so many things that don't match this pattern. So maybe they've stopped teaching it now because it's not super helpful, to be honest. So learn the rules and learn the exceptions. That's going to be useful for you. And you can find them online, in textbooks, that kind of stuff. A couple more tips now. I've still got a few more left in the tank. One of them is learning the origins of words from a dictionary. This is a bit of a strange one, but as a native speaker, even myself, this has helped me immensely with my spelling because it's, again, going back to that idea of chunking, where you put things into groups and categories, right? English comes from many, many different languages, from French to Latin to Greek, and all these different languages that have kind of merged into one language we call English today. But what's interesting is you'll notice often the spelling patterns are fairly consistent depending on the origin of the word. So if we look at some Greek words, for example, if you, if you know words that come from you know, Greek language, you can learn the patterns. We have like television. Tele means far away. Vision means to see. Television. So anything that has like S-I-O-N is going to be pronounced like shun, right? Shun. And it's going to be connected with a Greek prefix, maybe like television, something like that. Of course, we also have telephone. So this is another Greek thing where we have the PH that makes an F sound, phone. Another example of that is gramophone or even phobia. If you have a phobia, you have a fear. Phobia is another Greek word that uses PH as an F. So you'll see many examples of the same patterns from the same language origin. If we look at French, for example, French words that end in T are often not pronounced as T. For example, ballet, buffet, duvet, right? These all end in a silent T. And they're silent because they all come from French, which has a different pronunciation pattern and rules to it. So once you learn these origins, you kind of see these patterns and it becomes easier to understand why. So there are patterns and rules. It's just a bit more complicated than you first might realise. 
Two more tips now to finish off. One is very simply to watch things with English subtitles. So one problem that everyone has is we have this separation, this disconnect between what we're hearing and what we're reading, which is why many people will mispronounce words that they read in books. But if you can put these together, when you're watching something and reading the subtitles, that's making that connection again, isn't it? You're helping to see, ah, okay, so this word is pronounced this way and stuff like that. You know, this is something I try my best to do on Level Up English members where I'm trying my best, I'm not all, but most of the videos have subtitles. We have courses that help you read a story where you can listen to the audio. So all of that kind of stuff helps train your ear and your spelling as well. My final tip today is just read, read, read. Lots of reading, that's it. The more you read, the more words you will learn. And one tip as you're reading is to look up new words. If you see some new words that keep coming up again and again, look it up in an online dictionary, listen to the audio that's connected with that word on the website. And that's a good way of learning new words, but also seeing the spelling and the pronunciation as well. So reading is a good technique for that. But there we go. Those are my tips. There's a lot there. I'm going to summarise it over on the show notes, which you can find at levelupenglish.school slash podcast 192. There's a lot there, but hopefully that was helpful. But as I said right at the beginning, I struggle myself with spelling. It's not easy. Even native speakers and teachers get spelling wrong too. So don't worry too much, but I hope my tips helped you. On Apple Podcasts this week, we have just one review to read out from Asramujvus, who just says simply, new here, nice podcast. I may have read this one out before, I can't remember, but if I have, then you get two shout outs. Thank you for leaving that review. Any review goes a long, long way, so thank you. Another thing you can do is subscribe. So if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you're subscribed. If you follow the podcast, you click the subscribe button, that will help me go higher up in the podcast charts. So that's a really nice free thing you can do for me to help me grow my podcast and make me very, very happy without doing much else. So thank you very much if you can do that. I'm going to leave you with a quote today related to spelling, which honestly isn't very motivational, but I think it's relevant. This is from someone called Faina Renevskaya, who says, spelling mistakes in a letter is like a bug on a white shirt. In other words, it ruins the letter, right? And I can kind of agree with this. When I get a nice email, especially from an English person, but has a few spelling mistakes in, it really affects my impression of this person. And it gives me the idea that they haven't put much care into their writing. So it's really important to have good spelling to leave that good impression. But anyway, I'll leave you with that kind of warning today. But thank you for watching or listening. Appreciate it. And I'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye, everyone. You have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.com 
levelupenglish.school/podcast. That's levelupenglish.school/podcast, and I'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.